Hello, and welcome once again to Refresher, the pop culture therapy podcast. I'm Chris Levine, and I will be your host again this time around. First off, some business. Uh, We had a cravings episode where we asked you, the people, to name places, restaurants that you crave. Here's some of what we got back from you. Listener Mike shouted out H&H Bagels on 2nd Street in New York City. He said specifically the fresh, hot, everything bagel served with, quote, an obscene amount of cream cheese. Good call. Listener Carlina name-checked the Halo Hawaiian Barbecue and Poke Bar in Arlington, Texas. Excellent. Listener Jeff shout out the House of Prime Rib in San Francisco, California. He wrote, quote, Prime Rib and brown liquors. Listener Josh gave us a couple. He mentioned Rubriosa in New York City, along with fresh cinnamon raisin walnut bread from Orwasher's Bakery, who's been in the same New York City location literally like forever, like over a century. And one more for now, listener Jonathan craves Providence which is an amazing place on Melrose in Los Angeles. His specific cravings there, he said, quote, anything that comes from the kitchen door. Very cool. Thanks for your input, everybody. We have very cool listeners out there. But now, when a band is together in their original and most famous form for only around six years, But decades and decades and decades later, they're still selling their original albums and people like us are still talking about them. That says something. But today's Psychology on Vinyl is going to cover a band that easily fits that description. We are going to put under the microscope the record Strange Days, which is the second studio album by The Doors. It was released in 1967. There's kind of an old expression that they say a band has forever to write their first album. Then the second comes along and they don't have the same kind of time to get it together. But Strange Days, being only the second album by this band, and especially after such a strong debut record, could easily have become the sophomore curse. It could have been a totally forgotten record. But that didn't happen. This is really, really good. It stands on its own merits. Jim Morrison's role as poet to many is debatable to a lot of people. Some swear by his talent and others just don't. I think personally that you kind of have to put it all in the context of its time. Think about it. How many lyricists of rock bands would dare to even have called themselves poets back then. And then to live up to it by doing spoken word offerings, not just live, but on the records too. 
not that many. Again, this was 1967. It's funny, growing up, there was a man I knew named Gary. He told me that he saw the doors during this time in Los Angeles. And of course, me being me, I, I wanted to know the details, right? And he said, uh, it was okay. You know, we were waiting for light my fire, but they kept reading poetry. <laughs> Gary was <laughs> Gary was a nice guy, but he was a pop music guy. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. My guess is that their audience was filled with male and female Garys who loved what they heard on the radio and who were totally confused by the poetry. To me, this speaks louder than for me to go line by line and take apart Morrison's work. Just the, the, kind of the fact that he did it and put it out there so boldly, to me, is more worth focusing on. And he did do it on this record. For example, there's a spoken word piece named Horse Latitudes. That I will, listen, that I will read to you. Listen to this. When the still sea conspires an armor and her sullen and aborted currents breed tiny monsters, true sailing is dead. Awkward instant and the first animal is jettisoned, legs furiously pumping their stiff green gallop and heads bob up, poise, delicate, pause, consent in mute nostril agony, carefully refined and sealed over. This is bleak, no question, and, and, and many people find the recording of this song to be a little on the scary side, but essentially, here goes. <laughs> this is what it's about. The horse latitudes were between 30 and 35 degrees, and what would happen was that when the trade ship ships would get stuck there because it had calm, changeable winds, the only way for the ships to get out of that area would mean that they would have to lighten their loads. And what that meant for a lot of them was that they had to throw their horses into the ocean. I know that's disturbing, but the question is this. When he was writing this, was he just giving a play-by-play? -play? Was he only recalling the horses? Or was this now representing something else? And he was only using the imagery of the horses. So I have to say again that his being referred to as a poet isn't far-fetched. The fact is that he did it, and this is an example. The forward writing website says this. It says, poetry is a literary art that can be written, spoken, or performed. It focuses on the aesthetics of language. It's usually composed in verse and is concerned with evoking an image or emotion. Poetry makes liberal use of literary devices, such as alliteration and metaphor. It's the musicality of language, the rendering of abstract thoughts, ideas, and emotions rendered with words and sounds. It is pictures painted with words. But isn't that what Horse Latitudes just did? I mean, if that's the case, then mission accomplished. Another example is in the lyrics of a more traditional song on the record, uh, like, say, the, the title track, Strange Days. Let's again get into some words. 
Strange days have found us. Strange days have tracked us down. They're going to destroy our casual joys. We shall go on playing or find a new town. Strange days have found us, and through their strange hours, we linger alone. Bodies confused, memories misused, as we run from the day to a strange night of stone. Is that poetry? In my world, absolutely. Absolutely, that's poetry. So I give him credit, but I also love it when the man pulls back and just keeps it simple. You know, he has no obligation to write sonnets and couplets for every single song. Sometimes his most straightforward words are just as powerful as they are in the more, you know, plainly human in nature songs. Later works would have gems like Indian Summer or Blue Sunday on their Morrison Hotel record. But most here are not straightforward lyrics. They start that way, but then they always take a turn. They always delve more into the poetic to their credit. For example, Unhappy Girl describes the person's plight in a much more mature way than the Doors contemporaries probably would have. He sings in part, unhappy girl, fly fast away. Don't miss your chance to swim in mystery. You are dying in a prison of your own device. I, it, that's not a, you know, cheer up. You look sad. How can I make you feel better? Your heart should be glad type thing, <laughs> which would have been much more in tune with you know, the Dave Clark Five kinds of songs that were happening around the same time, uh, which I like those too. There's a track on here called I Can't See Your Face in My Mind, which, by the way, is an extremely great deep track that the radio doesn't play. I don't know why. But here he sings this. Carnival dogs consume the lines. Can't see your face in my mind. Insanity's horse adorns the sky, can't seem to find the right lie. I find that poetic. You know, by the way, NPR had a cool piece about the subject of that song, not remembering people's faces and names. It says that if this happens to you, you can blame your genes. That's because the ability to remember a face usually is inherited according to a paper in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. Researchers also found that people who are good at remembering faces are not necessarily good at other memory tasks. Human beings are so interesting. Taken together, these results strongly support the idea that facial recognition ability comes from a dedicated circuit or maybe a, a set of circuits in the brain. And you know what's cool is there's even a name for severe cases of face non-recognition or what they call face blindness. And it's called prosopagnosia. Anyway, I don't even have to mention Moonlight Drive. People are strange or when the music's over. These are well-documented. They get played on the radio, both musically and poetically. People have heard these. 
But to a music head like me, there is something overwhelmingly captivating about thinking of John Densmore, Jim Morrison, Robbie Krieger, and Ray Manzarek walking into Sunset Sound Studios in glorious Hollywood in the late 1960s, laying down these tracks. It's crazy. This is not terribly far from the time I grew up or the place where I grew up, but just far enough from both that I missed it. But here's the thing. I listen to this and I'm transported there. I'm there too. You know, I pick up the scent of the streets and the style of the clothing worn. I know where they may have eaten during their breaks because I've been to some of those places there too because they're still there. It's surreal, but it's very real. It's just not my real. <laughs> this speaks to me personally about how sometimes we, because we live in strange days, can be so close, but ultimately still so far. We have once again arrived at the time on Refresher when we present you with a Spotify playlist and for this psychology on, psychology on Vinyl series, the subject matter is the playlist itself. So we have for you this time around a Refresher podcast, The Doors, Strange Days playlist. You can find it really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher podcast dash The Doors, Strange Days. Here we go. Side one, Strange Days. Number two, Your Lost Little Girl. Number three, Love Me Two Times. Number four, Unhappy Girl. Number five, Horse Latitudes. Number six, Moonlight Drive. Number one, on side two, People Are Strange. Second track on side two, My Eyes Have Seen You, followed by I Can't See Your Face in My Mind, and then when the music's over, the longest track on the record. That's our new playlist. Again, you can find this playlist really easily on Spotify. Just type in refresher podcast dash the doors, strange days. We would like to welcome some new listeners to our little show. Our demographics report shows that we now have listeners in Trondelag, Norway. How beautiful is that? Welcome, Trondelag, Norway, to Refresher. I want to tell you guys something. I've said it before, but I still want to make sure you understand. Plants improve the air around you, and they actually have been known to improve your mood. Leafy is the world's first ever patented self-watering plant container. Their goal is for you to take a plant with you. Everywhere. A little one. They have the plants and they have the containers. Check out their awesome site at www.leafy.com. That is L-E-A-F-V-E.com. We also want to shout out to our friends at DesignCraft. DesignCraft is at the forefront of the millwork industry, constantly innovating to meet custom needs. You can check out samples of their unbelievable work at designcraft.com. And then, of course, we want to say hello to our friends Jeff and Brian over at the Managing Expectations podcast. It's a podcast for interesting people by interesting people. 
wading into all things that make them interesting, music, art, books, movies, and generally the passing scene. I have been invited on there again, and we're going to talk about guilty pleasures soon. That should be a fun show. Anyway, you can check them out at managingexpectationspodcast.com. You know this show simply would not exist without you. Uh, You make it work. You keep me interested, and you keep it interesting. If you could all do me a favor, please continue to pass this podcast along to your friends. If you think that someone could use the company, the companionship, the voice of another person who's not going to threaten them anyway, and who's going to try their best to to keep them happy, pass this show along to them. Also, if you'd like to help keep this podcast stay up and running, this really does help. It really does matter. If you would like, you can make a small monthly contribution. It can be as low as 99 cents a month. Just see the support this podcast link under the episode description. If you are so inclined, that would be great. But whatever you do or don't do, you have the show to listen to anytime because it is yours. If you want to check out our website and see some of the books that I've written, people that I've interviewed in the music industry and so forth, or you want to check out our merch for this place, check out refresherpodcast.yolasite.com. That is refresherpodcast.yolasite.com. As always, the music that begins and ends this podcast is by the band Dive. The song is called A Day Late. And there it is right there. And it was written by Mr. John Villafuerte. Until next time, this is Chris Levine for Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. Everyone, please take care and do yourself a favor. And remember, there's a big difference between worry and concern. We'll see you next time.